This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Steven, and I play Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, hexblade warlock, and chief arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalis. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.33, the Unknown Associates woke up at Alaris' mother's home in the Azure Keep. Going to Auric for help, Alaris took the opportunity to search his father's study for an heirloom ring needed to open a puzzle box of family secrets. After loudly breaking into the roll-top desk, Alaris grabbed a folder and quickly crammed it into his bag, making a quick escape. To prepare for the court-martial of Lieutenant Colonel Erica Try, they met with their attorney, James Pony Esquire, to begin putting together a legal defense. Try is charged with being absent without leave and failure to command. And the proposal is a plea bargain, trading some information to the Pandominion in order to lighten the sentence. And now the unknown associates must sit down and decide what they're willing to disclose and how. And that's where we'll pick up. Hey, where are y'all headed? Where are we smash cutting to? Brunch with mimosas. In a like back room of the pub, not like in the main restaurant area. Sure. Smash cut in uh, the back of a pub, like the probably the one that was like closest to the walls of the keep and the first one that Ulrich saw. You're already sat down. You've already got your mimosas. Could have just taken you to a nice restaurant. <laughs> what was this place even called again? I didn't notice when we came in. Uh, Salami the Llama. Nope, not bad. No? <laughs> Says the waiter as he walks up, <laughs> bringing you brunch. <laughs> this is the pink pig. That is real brunchy. Well, I was going to take us to the honey leaf. The honey leaf? No, thank you. The pink pig's way better. <laughs> Based on how tasty this salad looks, I'm inclined to agree. Finger guns. He winks at you. I still look cute, by the way. Oh, I believe it. Says the waiter. Oh, thanks. And I like, I wink at and I'm like, cutesy. You said y'all wanted some space, right? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, I will seat other people away from you, and uh, I'll let you flag me down if you need assistance. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> Feeling flirty today. Let's do it. So what do you all think about what we just... Uh, well, I, I guess I can't speak for everyone, and I and I, I feel like I can speak for Merlin Day on this one, but obviously correct me if I'm wrong. We don't want the Pandominion to feel like they've got some authority somewhere in the Watched Forest, other than the Southern Redoubt. Like, that is not a thing. Can confirm. I agree. Yeah, so, like, that's not a precedent I'm willing to set, and I care about Try, and I will do everything in my power to make sure that she gets, like, if not punished at all, if possible, but I will not throw Isatalos and the Watch Forest under the bus to achieve that. I agree. I'm not saying we should. I was just saying let's recon like talk about everything that happened and come up with a plan. Or at least discuss options. One way or the other, by helping try, we're helping the Pandominion, which I don't mind. I live here. But I understand that like in the outside worldview of it, 
I understand that they are a superpower and that by helping them, we are potentially enabling them to expand and do more things or whatever. Any information we pass on is going to be used in what any way, shape, or form that it can. I don't personally mind the Pandominion having some things to do and say with her dearth. Not terribly fond of that area currently I mean, anyway. You might not care, but Grimton might care. I mean, that's true. You got me there. Her dearth isn't my home. I don't think it would be the worst thing for the Pandemonium to have information about her dearth's current political climate and the brewing coup. That's what this bar should have been called. That's a bar name, yeah. The brewing coup. Yeah, I understand that it wouldn't be the end of the world if they had information about the current situation. But say they extend help to the red capes um and then after the fact they want a little slice of the pie we'll deal with that mutiny when it comes uh. <laughs> i said if we're just willing to give up any information we have about her dearth as a whole that's fine merlin day can just tell them everything we know we also do need to tell them at some point whether through this or not about maldo keep I mean, sure I'm, I'm talking about grace thunder's involvement in all things as a whole, Moldo keep her dirt. Basically, the all the all the shit on Grace Under. Yes. Yeah. Are we gonna tell them that Grace Under has a kid? I don't know if that's relevant. It. it uh... No. Doesn't seem no. terribly relevant. I also could see something really horrible going on. Yeah. If they like decide to act on that information as a military power. Yeah. No, I don't think we tell them that. Um, what other intelligence do we have? They're sending stuff to Colgafir. When we were flying over Moldo Keep and the surrounding areas, we saw them like basically heading like with Warforged out. Gathering what appeared to be some sort of massive troop. Oh, movement. so that's intelligence because that's recent and they may not know. Yes. That's a big one. Okay. That that is that is point number one, and is immediately relevant to their threat. Colgafir is amassing warforged and troops on what side? Uh, well, they're, they're, Colgafir is fighting a war in the north. In the north, yeah. Yes. And we know that like that's happening because that's it's literally happening to the Pandemonium. Yeah. Okay. It is a war between the two of them. But they're amassing warforged on the... Southwest. There have been seen Herdurthian-style weapons in Colgafir. So we know that Greysunder is supplying Colgafir with weapons and potentially warforged and all that kind of technology. What we're saying with the attack is either they're going to go join the Colgafirian forces and potentially turn the tide, or they're going to create a two-front war by attacking from basically the Azure Keep. Yeah. Of which the Azure Keep probably doesn't have enough forces to defend from that big of an assault. This statement is going to feel far too relevant to like the current world, but like... Why is everything going crazy? Why can't the world just be simple? <laughs> how is how will we be convincing that this is intelligence that I have and y'all don't have? Maybe this is something that has been communicated to me because of my status? That's what I was going to say. You of of all of us are probably the closest to like a diplomat a proper ruling person mm -hmm. like a the legionnaires kind of count as diplomats mm -hmm. but i'm the next step up i think there's also a, like some credence to like if you just go first then we're not really necessarily breaking any rules because you just tell them all the information and then that they ask us follow-up questions about it and we tell them stuff it's not like we were necessarily withholding information it just wasn't our turn yet 
Uh, yes, that is how the law works here. It's canon. That's not really something we'll be getting grilled about in court, though. That's information that's being presented from, like, Try and Pony to whoever. Yeah, that's fair. Unless they find us guilty of something else, then we would be (laughs) (laughs) court-martialed. Yeah, yeah. We need to find that boat. Yeah, let's not. (laughs) Where's this gift? I'm Yessi Lemus, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, paladin of Bahamut, revolutionary in the Red Capes, deserter of the Pandemonium, <laughs> disadvantage. <laughs> after, after we do our cool prison break scene. Oh my god. Hey friends, it's Joe. We're finally back. Thank you for letting me postpone the release of this episode. Uh, I was packing and preparing to move on the original date that it was supposed to release, and I just simply didn't have time to produce this. My spouse and I are no longer living in Texas, thank the spirits. We have settled down in our hometown back in Northwest Arkansas and are living in a lovely house, which we have been remodeling over the last few months. We love it here. It even has a spare room, which means I no longer have to sit on the floor of my bedroom to play D&D. And someday, I'll even have a real honest-to-dod desk to sit at and record. And oh, the luxury. We hope that everybody is safe and secure. Uh, During the global pandemic, we've been running a mutual aid program for our listeners. For example, if you're in a financially desperate situation and have to make a difficult choice between paying rent or uh, on residence or starving without groceries advantage is offering financial aid to as many people as we can afford to help with that we can we're able to uh, offer 20 us dollars to the first 20 people ask for it and right now we still have a significant amount of money remaining in those coffers and we have to encourage anybody who is at all concerned about their finances to reach out for us We love our audience and believe in the power of mutual aid. During this time of international Black Lives Matter protest regarding police brutality, uh, I encourage everybody to stay safe, whatever that looks like for you. If you're going out onto the streets, make sure to put your phone on airplane mode and to cover your face, uh, record all police encounters. If that's not your thing, it doesn't have to be. Uh, We have various links to actively support the movement on the Darkmore Podcast Network Discord channel. Um, we encourage everybody to find a podcasting app that allows you to leave reviews. Uh, five-star ratings make this show more findable and grow our audience. Finally, the Darkmore Podcast Network is full of great shows to, for you to enjoy during this plague. Um, the Misadventurers, Fun But Why, How Friends Roll, Playing Out of Character are all wonderful podcast companions of ours. And there's a link to our DPN Discord channel down in the doobly-doo. Games are fun to play. Whether it's chess, Mario Kart, or Dungeons & Dragons, we've all sat down to play a game with our friends before. But what is it that keeps us coming back to our favorites? How do developers craft the experiences that keep us this engaged? I'm Sully, host of the podcast Fun But Why. Join us as we talk to game industry professionals and break down the levels, mechanics, and design of their favorite gaming experiences. Fun But Why releases new episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. 
So I think our main issue now is we've got to tell the lawyer tomorrow what defense we want him to use, yeah? Well, I think the plea bargain is our best bet. So we're also going to be talking to try tomorrow. Yeah. So I, I personally think that the plea bargain will be our best defense because there's no way we can get her off for the failure to command. Right, without... So we basically know what we're going to do as far as that goes. Okay. So as we're just kind of hanging out and eating at that point, I'm going to pull out the thing that I took from my dad's study and start, like, looking at it more closely. Uh, it is a file that you had folded up. A dossier? Called Origins of the Fae. And inside is a collection of writing and letters between your father and an associate professor, uh, Garrick Zafir, whom you recognized as an Earth Ganassi who, in your time, chaired the Evocation School of Magic while you were with the Weavers. Okay. The writings seem to be like theories surrounding elemental and fey connections. Your father refers to a genogram that he'd written and published uh, prior to this letter's writing. Um, it was published under the name On Origins of Alignment, a Genogram of the Cosmos, uh, cited as in the journal Cosmic Theories and the Divine, 420th edition, page 69. <laughs> nice. Is is the diagram displayed in this, or is it just referenced, like it says this diagram is in this book? It's referenced. It's not in there. So I'm not going to like make a big show of it, but I am going to lean over and be like, hey, so what's in the thing? Um, well, it's, it seems like a, some correspondence between my dad and one of the professors at the Weaver School um, where they were like doing some research about the origin of the Fae and like the cosmos as a whole. And... Ah, that's neat. Yeah, but that was a smart guy. Sounds like it. So, wait, did you Grimton just hop in? Were you trying to have a serious conversation? No, not necessarily. So, what is a... Uh, is that what you were looking for? No. But it's really interesting. Well, what were you looking for? Um, a ring. I can make you a ring. <laughs> <laughs> wait, could... Grimton, while I appreciate that, it's it's more of a... It's a family ring. I think it probably has some sentimental value along uh, with the... Don't need to explain heirlooms to me, son. I, I understand. Yeah. How old is this ring? I have no idea. Ah, so it's a good ring. But I know it has something to do with opening this box. What box? Oh, it says Alaris pulling out the box. Also, Alaris, you know that it was present as presumably a family ring in the presence of your grandparents and your great-parents, who were both in the family portrait above your father's roll top desk if you see if you see the indention it looks like that would be where you would insert it to help to get this box open and see what's inside of it it was the the basically the only thing my dad left me well in theory i could probably cast that and make you a, a ring cool uh maybe <laughs> i would be afraid I don't want to damage the the contents. What's this thing made out of? Oh, uh, pfft. uh, uh, it's definitely been made out of something before, but right now it's made of. Wait, are we talking about the puzzle box? What? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's wood. I'm pretty sure it's wood. Yeah. Wood. 
Hmm. <laughs> Maybe Art could uh, gleam some knowledge from this. He's a woodman. It's kind of like a, t- a family thing. You could get your new dad to help you open up your old dad's box. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I think that I might do that in the future if I have no other option. What do you think is in there? Mm. I have no idea. But, I mean, it has to be something important. Who else would have knowledge about the box and how to open it? Um, your mom? Well, <laughs> she gave it to me, and I'm assuming that she probably gave me any information that she had. Nah, I bet she knows and just wants you to figure it out on your own. It's just like cause. a lesson. Also, there could be, like, my dad's relatives could know more about it. That's true. Like, what other living relatives does your dad have? I have no idea. I've never met any of them. I bet your mom knows. They live in the Springwood, which isn't very far from here. I just was never allowed to go there. Well, and issues are a little pressing, so I'm not sure if we'll get a chance to go check it out soon or not. Where are you going? Like, you know how whenever we went to the study, I told you it was one of my mom's rules? This is more of a, like, they don't allow half-elves in the Springwood. Hmm. What does that mean? Are they racist? I mean, they're they're very much full-blooded elves. Are they kind of like the elves, like the Tempest Oath elves, like that flavor of not nice? More, more to I probably more towards the the Tempest Oath style, I guess. But um, basically, my dad went there to tell them, like, "Hey, I'm having a kid." And then they're like, who are you having a kid with? And they're like, this human lady. And then they're like, ah, oh, we're going to kill you for that. Um. So they like they like wouldn't openly wage war with with people, but they would definitely vote for people who would. Sure. I mean, they lynched his dad. Oh. Is that what happened? Yeah. Like he was that's... killed because of it. The waiter comes by saying that. How did you know this, waiter man? <laughs> oh, everybody knows. Lars here and his dad. Jeez. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's not canon. They like they killed him on the way back home. That's oh. that's why I never met him. Alaris, that's really terrible. I'm sorry. So while they might have answers to the questions I want to ask, I don't know if it's worth risking my my life to <laughs> go try to find those out. That's fair. As a DM, it might be. <laughs> this is Alaris's heroic death. Jeez. As the centaur said, <laughs> you have destiny in your blood. You just gotta figure out what that destiny is. Smash cut. To uh, being out on the street and walking around with a heading of whatever seems interesting. Uh, <laughs> you guys want to go move that telescope? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Can you uh, explain more about that joke for the audience, Yessie? The Sorry, Temple to Corlon is the tallest building, and then the Weaver's School has a telescope that, if moved, would become the tallest building, which is against, like, a city ordinance. Pretty much. Oh, that sounds but... really fun. Yeah. I remember, this is the one, there's all these, like, rebellious nerds that periodically just, like, scooch it up too high, and, like, that's, that's their civil disobedience. The Weaver's School has gotten several ordinances from trying to build a new tower or moving the telescope. Um, even my mom kind of got told she can't build any higher. That's why she started going wide. They, they're very serious about the, the height thing. How Parisian. If you guys want to go check out the tallest building in the Azure Keep, we can. We can go by the, the Temple of Coral. Yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do that. That's a lot more exciting than checking out the deepest building, you know? <laughs> Says the dwarf? What? Yeah. Yeah, he's 
He's seen, He's seen all things. the deep things. Yeah. <laughs> Once you've seen something deep, it's all deep. Like, dark is dark. You can't get any more yeah. dark than like, dark. Like, it's not, like, very grandiose to be like, and now we're moving into a deeper room. Like, ha um, What? Java update. Um, <laughs> sorry. Well, yes, you left. Uh, you scared um, him off. Thanks, Steven. Your Java update scared away Yessie. Scared the crap out of me, I'll tell you what. Because it was just like, kablam, Java update. Um, Alaris, you know that the Temple of Coralon in the Azure Keep maintains a, uh, a small priory? Ulrich is feeling touristy. Um, you know that there's probably like a tourist thing that you could do? Is there is there a queue with pamphlets and things? Oh, you know there's a queue with pamphlets and things. I mean, it's the tallest building in the Azure Keep. Arik points the queue. You guys willing to wait in line for a tour? No, let's just go. <laughs> Can we just go? Okay, but I'm getting it. I'm getting a pamphlet, and I run over and I get a. I'm pamphlet down for pamphlets. That talks all about it. Can okay. is there like a self-guided tour? Yeah. Oh, it's a self-guided yes. tour for sure. And, um, and like here's... everybody that's in line is absolutely Alaris. You know that like oh these are the people that are on the uh, the northern route of the Trader's Path. Yeah. Like they're they're doing a stopover in right. the Azure Keep and are enjoying the. Yeah, it's like um, when you live in New York, you don't lifestyle. actually visit the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. All right, so here's my headcanon for this pamphlet and this guided self-guided tour. If you've ever been to Disney World and you've been in the Animal Kingdom and you have the like wilderness explorer thing where it's basically just a scavenger hunt throughout the whole park, but you get to learn things at every mm-hmm. section. I love it. That's what I want this okay. to be like. I love it. That's exactly what That's it is. so cute. Oh, it was adorable. I had so much fun the last time I went as an adult. What do you see? Tell me about its majesty. If it helps, go to at Advantage D&D on Instagram and pull up the flyover map that I made of the Azure Keep to help give you some inspiration. Dang, that's so cool. You can tell that it's kind of got some flying buttresses going on. It's kind of got some spires. It's got a little cupola up at the top. So tell me what you see inside. Um, there are really like high, high, high arches um, at the very front of it. Um, so and, and they mirror each other, right? So they're those two columns as you enter. Um, and so I'm thinking about those arches that they're not the the round ones. They kind of meet in like a rounded V shape. Does that make sense? You like architecture a lot more than me, Joe. But yeah, that's... it's just a pointed arch. Yeah, okay, a pointed arch. That's what I see uh, in the front. Versus like a Norman arch or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. The Norman arches. So Grimton blacked out. He doesn't really remember getting here. (laughs) (laughs) The void. But his consciousness, like, re-enters his body, and he yells, To the nine hells with you, Orc! I will sharpen my blade on your skull! Grimton, Grimton! And it echoes because it's a freaking cathedral. One of the curators go, Shh! Stop! We're in the middle of a church. (laughs) Oh. Inappropriate. You guys want to go for a run? I got like an adrenaline. I got. A... <laughs> Where well, are we're we? We're going on a self-guided tour to the tallest point in um, the Azure Keep. So bet. Meet you there. <laughs> All right. It just like we're in a church, right? So there's like stone floors. So it's like it's like boom, tink, boom, tink, boom, tink. It's, yeah. it's clop, tap, clop, and tap, it, it's clop. like echoing really far because because he's like jogging. It's not just like walking. Yes. <laughs> so Grimton just finds the first staircase. You find a tower staircase. And indeed, it goes up and it goes down. To which are you tempted? Uh, I, I told Alaris I'd meet him at the top, so. 
I'm going. I'm going up. Um, give me a Constitution saving throw. I like Constitution sales. for days. <laughs> I'm using a dice roller because I. My dice you are mean, somewhere. You mean you don't have your Removed. dark silver forged dice that are a cast zinc alloy, five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic dice? So that's a thirteen. We get it. People move. The I will say that these stairs are a little bit wider set than you would have probably set them. Mm. Um, they're made for high elves, not for tiny little dwarves. That's okay. <laughs> Grimton whispers to himself. Oh boy. It's just leg day today. Can we, can we see him? Or is he just so far ahead we can't see him? <laughs> you can hear me, probably. And the rest of y'all are free to do whatever you want. What else do you see down below? Stained glass. Um, depictions of Corlon along the walls. What does a person who is like an adherent of Corallon's religion called themselves. Like, I, I was imagining looking at, like, a statue of Saint Whomever, or whatever, like some notable worshiper or follower of Corallon, mm -hmm. and, like, reading a little plaque about them or something, but I don't know what they... A Corallite? Sylvan. A Sylvan? They'd be members of the Sylvan Church. Okay, so... So Sylvan. Okay, so, like, what's the, like title like again like if we're talking about like an important person in like catholicism oh like an important person yeah like this is like a plaque about them that i'm the the bishop of the springwood it's a it's a smaller plaque and it's it's actually not the, the huge one talking about. it's kind of over to the right uh, his excellency uh, his excellency bishop of the springwood nevik and also called the pauper's bishop and his he was known for taking care of like the poorest among people which it, it, he occupies a really weird place in society because i imagine at least uh, as steven the player that like high elves like probably like to pretend there is no poor essentially like kind of kind of like in haven mirror where where the destitute yeah like you just don't really exist or you're you're kind of thrown out so like on the one hand nevik is lauded for taking care of of those less fortunate but also is an uncomfortable reminder that those less fortunate exist um and so like the church especially doesn't like to acknowledge them as much um so like he, it, it's kind of weird and contentious that, that he's even there, but, like, he can't not be there because he was too important. There's my... There's my... And so what we're seeing along the walls are really intricate shrines to, again, uh, more uh, dead people. I'm thinking about it not moving portraits, but, like, the Halls of Hogwarts style where it's just really, um, like, up and down the walls, like, it's full of portraits of people um, who are all somehow important, but we don't really have any context of why. Um, but they're all in that, like, very, that those regal pictures that just, like, fill up the wall and kind of go up the stairwell. And, Grimton, since you're up there first, give me a description of the view that you see from the top. A kind of sprawled-out city. I, we're close to the Azure Keep, right? The... Military. You're in the Azure Keep, you dumbass. No, no, no. Like the the military. Yeah, the fortress part. The compound. Yeah. yeah. Not so distant clinking of swords and like, and people like going through their uh, combat drills. Mm -hmm. And then further away, I hear if I concentrate like 
what sounds to be loud, almost haggling, you know, between traders and markets in a more populated area. And yeah. the crowds kind of bleed out a little bit as we approach, like, the residential and, like, the outer wall of the Azure Keep. And I guess mm-hmm. in the distance, there's a a forest that seems to be breathing in and out, like, matching my breath in an almost, like, surreal uh, in a surreal way, which I imagine to be the Springwood kind of. Yeah, so tent. you're obviously looking east then. You're looking above the um, <clears throat> the like main sanctuary yeah. of the temple. And it's either something to do with the arcane forces or my lightheadedness from like rushing up here, but the forest is breathing as if it's like the lungs of the cusp itself and it starts to swirl. So Grimton takes a takes a deep breath and just sits half lotus on the floor, regaining his composure. And I'm gonna say that at that time you other three show up. You okay? I just I had a moment. Don't mind me. How'd you like the view? It's pretty. Wow. The springwood is enticing. I face east to, to see what he's talking about. Uh, Auric doesn't have quite the same quasi-spiritual experience that Grimton had. Does feel that there is something out there, that there is there is a bit of a force to it all, mm-hmm. a movement. Alaris, I'm going to say that you, looking east as well, remember the name of the file that you stole from your father's study. The Origins of the Fae. You know, guys, I think after this whole court-martial thing is over, I'd really like to make a trip out to the Springwood. Isn't that where the people who kind of hate your existence are? Yeah, but I think it's time I learn more about where I come from. Do you hear a little kid, one of the other tourists, ask its parent, How long do we have to look at it? Ready? One, two, three, clap. Oh, Stephen, while we're on recording, do you want to go ahead and plug your uh, sure. your YouTube Why channel? Why not? I have an abundance of free time, as I state in the first video, and so I made a YouTube channel. It's something I've been thinking about doing for a while. I like the video essay thing. I think it's cool. So mine is um, the eclectic aesthete. Um, which spells out the word tea, because tea is an entire hobby for me. And the the idea of the channel is to talk about things that I find interesting or beautiful. 
Um, I actually have considered doing an essay on Noah because I think that movie is not only objectively very good, but it actually does a lot to, to, it tells, it gives a much better impression of the story of Noah, biblically speaking, than the biblical version does. Like, it gives you so much more pathos and connection than I think the actual biblical story does. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Point is, that's my channel, The Eclectic Aesthete. It is three separate words. I also... Can you spell aesthete for me? It's like aesthetic, but an... A, or like, versus, it's the difference in athletic versus athlete, but for aesthetic versus aesthete. Um, <clears throat> got it, got it, got it, found it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit that notification bell. Ring that bell. All you cool cats and kittens out there, subscribe, like and subscribe to the channel. I have a, a Twitch channel by the same name. Um, I mostly play games on it periodically. I did, I've done at least one session where I just played piano for 20 minutes and improvised. Um, yeah, it's called Wordless One. And, you know, well, I also saved it and put it up on the on the uh, YouTube channel, but I stream it on Twitch when I do it. Um, hmm. It is it is one hundred percent improvised. I there you can even hear a couple of noticeable flubs. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing I've been doing. Come be my friend. Uh, I'm, I I have all of like five people in my stream, and so I definitely talk to literally all of them. Um, <laughs> And I think I've got like maybe 20 subscribers on the channel or something. Not a whole lot, but it's fun and I like it. If you have any topics you want me to discuss, I guess that that's a thing I'm open to for sure. Subscribe, comment, all the things, you know, whatever. Smash that like Smash button. Smash that like. Okay, okay, Jacksepticeye. You're only officially labeled a deserter after one month. Well, that takes forever in our universe. That's true. Hey, Sarah, as as somebody who has done reporting on uh, how long exactly we've been playing this game in their time, story time. Mm -hmm. How long? How many days has it been? Let me check. Why does Sarah specifically have that information? Because I was math. She was assigned it. it. Yeah. Oh. Um. So well, yeah, we're at about a uh, total about a month and a half has lapsed. Jeez. Jesus. That's not a lot. Since wait, wait, since and like on the, the low side of month and a half, like because <laughs> wow, like wow, I thought a month and like thirteen. -ish. I thought there was more time between the end of the first arc and was it four days? It was four days. It was only four days. Four days. Four days. Oh my god. I mean, I'm getting into a relationship. Well, with I mean, but like, yeah. Eh, you know, it is what it is. Young love. We are traumatized. <laughs> like, we have had some... All this is in character, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ulrich is sitting there, we are traumatized. <laughs> like... <laughs> and everything just comes rushing in at once. All the things that we've experienced. <laughs> all the trials we've come it's over. It's a very millennial moment. Yeah. Why can't why can't the world just be simple? Yeah, just think in another world we could have just been going into dungeons and fighting dragons. <laughs> I guess we already did fight a dragon. Yeah, and we have we been dragon. in some We've been in dungeons. dungeons. Or at least I remember carrion crawlers. Ugh. Ugh. But like really though, we've seen a lot of death and destruction in the last month and a half. Yeah, we probably need to talk to somebody about that. Like we aren't okay. It's probably the most concentrated death and destruction in my lifetime. Like so far. Jeez. Oh man. 
just because we say that that part of the Pandominion actually doesn't necessarily um, get her off regardless. That's it 100% true. would free her from being AWOL, but it wouldn't get her off of failure to command. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Laws. And things. Out of character, me, Joe, absolutely feel the same way trying to write all this. Yeah. Laws and things? No thanks. <laughs> I, I feel like we say this every now and again, but I never get tired of how much effort you put into yes. making sure that you're like you're like the sci-fi writers who actually have science in their sci-fi. Yeah. Like when Neil deGrasse Tyson um, describes their stuff, he's like, yeah, this, this is all perfectly fine. It's pretty fine. legit. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it's all... Like Wikipedia death. I mean, Wikipedia nerds edit that shit. Fair. That's still more effort than a lot of people would put in. Yeah. Here, what I wonder is, I wonder if anyone who like already has that same niche knowledge, like from whatever their life has been, like for some reason, somebody who knows something about like pneumatic things or like, like if they listen to that and are like, huh. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody that's an engineer on our Discord, on the DPN Discord, um, which there's a link to down in the doobly-doo. Um, <laughs> the doobly-doo? In the doobly-doo. Hey, it's... Uh, Flaw um, Brothers. Somebody is an engineer and said, yeah, I, it makes sense. It checks out. Nice. <laughs> when, when Yessie and I designed that pneumatic... Uh, power system. Yay. So well done, us. Do you remember why we're even having a court martial scene? Well, because Erica Try helped us, and now she's in trouble with her bosses. Even more meta? Did one of us say something stupid? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I, I know I joke about this, oh, but Joe likes to punish yeah. us. It's not punishment, it's consequence. It, That's the same thing. Consequences are positive and negative. One of us, it might have been me, said something about like, I hope she doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. It was in the episode A Trek to Carver's Tooth. Joe finna cite it. <laughs> because I, I went back and listened to it. And she was talking about how much of a pain in the ass her under is, her, the, the major, Major Pius that Pony Esquire was talking about. And one of y'all, I don't remember who, asked, and did you tell anybody that we were leaving? And she's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, dang. No, I didn't. <laughs> who, who asked? Because I want to know. I don't remember. Dang. You'll, you'll have to go back yeah. and listen. And then All right, said, listeners, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like, I hope you don't get in trouble for that. And uh, Try responded something along the lines of, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cats is trapped somewhere. Give me like five seconds. Maybe Art could uh, glean some knowledge from this. He's a woodman. I'm really interested in on where Steven's cat is trapped. Steven just came out another door. <laughs> that was some Scooby-Doo shit. some Scooby-Doo stuff right now. Oh my god. That was ridiculous to watch. Dang, that's so cool. Instagram? No, you're drawing. Your drawings are great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, like, Instagram is also cool. No, Instagram can go f*** itself, because I made my profile private for a year. And now 
Yeah, Instagram. And now it hides all of my pictures. I used to get like 30 to 50 likes on a picture, and now... Too bad you're not cool anymore. And I'm not private anymore. And like on a on a really cute selfie, I'll get seventeen. Yeah, because you're not really that cute, Sarah. Uh, excuse me, I'm definitely fifty likes cute. <laughs> I've never heard cuteness measured that way. Yeah, well, that's not even a lot of likes. I just don't have a lot of followers. Aaron and I watched Borat last night. Oh. <laughs> it does not age well, <laughs> as one would predict. There was a point where um, Sasha Baron Cohen was shitting in the front planter of the Donald Trump International Tower or whatever it is. Dope. So that aged well. Everything else? I'm not nope. even sure that movie aged well like 20 whole minutes after it was put out. 